When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 355 of Sustainable Minimalists. On today's show, we are talking goodie bags, we're talking junk culture, and most specifically, we're getting into the why. Why do we continue to give junk in little plastic bags, despite the fact that our landfills are full, our planet is warming, and these items that traditionally come in goodie bags are cheap plastic junk. Why are we amongst the world's wealthiest, comparatively, why do we give the least expensive stuff for no good reason? (laughs) That's what we're getting to the bottom of today. Sarah wrote to me, and this episode is inspired by her. She said that she's a mom of three young kids. She says she's both overwhelmed and frustrated by the excessive amount of toys, fidgets, gadgets, and other plastic, single-use, disposable junk that our kids receive, not just in goodie bags, but at Valentine's Day and in their Easter baskets, perhaps in the school prize box, the prize box at the dentist. I mean, the opportunities for our kids to amass these items are infinite. Now, I should say, I have covered the goodie bag problem on this show before. I offered in that episode dozens of suggestions for alternatives. I'll link to those episodes in the show notes if you miss them, because those episodes were really about the how. Like, how do we do different? How do we do better? Today's episode is not a how episode so much. It's more about the why. Why do we as primates, essentially we're primates, why do we give gifts, number one? And number two, why in 2023 are we giving cheap junk as gifts? Now, if we want our culture to step away from the plastic junk, it starts with us. And we obviously need to be the change we wish to see. And I believe that being the change starts with understanding why we're doing it in the first place. I have a couple part show today. Part one, before the break, we're going to talk about first goodie bags because, I mean, we're all united in hating them, aren't we? And then we're going to talk about the history of gifting. And then in part two of today's show, I have some words of encouragement. I do have a couple suggestions. My daughters are having their big friend birthday party in two short days from now on Saturday. And so this episode, I must say, is quite relevant to me as a mom with two daughters who are about to have a birthday party. So that's part two of today's show. So let's get right into part one. Let's start with the goodie bags, (laughs) because that's what Sarah wrote to me about, and that is what unites us all as parents. 
our hatred of all things goodie bags, right? They are, in 2023, traditionally filled with junk, plastic junk that can be bought in bulk for very little money online, right? I'm thinking little plastic containers of bubbles, puppets, little slime containers, squishy things, stretchy things. It's all those items that can be purchased in bulk for very little money. But my point here is that nobody likes these things, right? Nobody. The parent who has to create the goodie bag doesn't like them. They're wasting their money on literal trash. (laughs) The parent who brings home the child with the goodie bag hates the goodie bag because, again, it's filled with clutter that's going to break and then become trash. The only person in this exchange who may like a goodie bag or the plastic trinket from the dentist's office or whatever the thing is and wherever they got it is the child. However, the child is going to play with the thing for a hot minute, like literally a minute, five minutes max, and then the thing in question is either going to break or snap or be used up. And then the result is it goes in the trash. Are we really going to add to our plastic problems, our planetary plastic problems, in the name of good old childhood fun, if our children are only getting max five minutes of fun out of the contents of these goodie bags and treasure chests and Easter baskets, et cetera, et cetera? If so, if we're willing to say that we're going to add to our overwhelming plastic problems by giving a kid a plastic junk toy for five minutes, if we're okay with that, we need to talk. That is ridiculous. Our landfills are overflowing. Our oceans are incredibly polluted. We have microplastic in our drinking water. Our planet continues to warm. And yet, companies continue to manufacture these pieces of junk. Why do they continue to manufacture them? Why? Because we keep buying them. We, you and me and all our parent friends, we keep buying them. So there's such a paradox here. And that's what I really want to hit on first and foremost in today's episode. Like, why? Why are we, among the world's wealthiest citizens, buying the cheapest junk and giving it as gifts when there's no need to give a gift to begin with. Gifts were once revered. We once gave items that were useful. But in the case of goodie bags in particular, I'm still confused as to why it's commonplace to give gifts to kids who aren't the birthday child on a different child's birthday. (laughs) Are we thanking them for coming to the party? Do they need to be thanked for their attendance? Isn't the party, isn't the experience, isn't the fun experience the thank you? So just some rhetorical questions there as I hop onto my soapbox. Let's talk about the history of gifting. As I started to prepare this episode, I sought to answer the why. Why are we contributing to this junk culture madness every time we throw a birthday party for our child, or every time we have to fill that Easter basket, or every time we feel as though our child needs to go to the prize box at the doctor's office. Why are we contributing to this madness? Well, 
Of course, there is no legitimate research into the psychological factors at play when we give goodie bags. (laughs) So my research went down a bit of a rabbit hole to find where our modern day emphasis on overgifting comes from. Now, of course, in the case of goodie bags, you could make the argument that that is a reciprocal gift-giving exchange. Perhaps you could make the argument that giving a goodie bag could be seen as a trade, essentially. You come to my party and you give me a gift, and then I, in turn, return the favor by giving you this bag of stuff. Historically, though, trades, for something to be a trade, it was meant to usually benefit both parties, and the trade could last, yes, just once, but usually a trade that truly benefited both parties, ideally, would last seasons or years or perhaps even decades. And so, yeah, we could make the argument that a goodie bag is a reciprocal gift, a trade, essentially, but I would argue that no, it's not a trade because the stuff inside the goodie bag is not benefiting anyone. That is not a trade, a present for a goodie bag. That is not a trade that benefits both parties. And anyway, we're not talking about trades. We're not talking about bartering. That is a whole other interest of mine. (laughs) Like, how did we acquire what we needed before money? I love that. Great idea. Maybe for another show. But today we're talking about gifting through the centuries. And as I did my research, I found four very important and vital facts. The first is that gift-giving rituals are deeply embedded in our DNA. It's embedded in the DNA of all primates, if I want to get a little bit more specific. But anthropologists have noted that male chimpanzees often offer gifts of food to female chimps. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, of course they are giving them food because they want to procreate. That's my word for any of you listening with young children, procreate. I could have used a different word, but I chose the term procreate. You're welcome. Uh, However, that's actually not the reason that these male chimps are giving gifts to female chimps. It's not procreation. The actual purpose of this gift giving is to form bonds and to assist in building trust. So that's number one. Gift giving rituals are deeply embedded in our DNA. Fact number two. Gift giving has historically been a way for us by which to show that we have good manners. So here's just one example, okay? We want people to think we have good manners, right? We don't want to be seen as uncouth. Look at me with my SAT words today, uncouth. I haven't used that word in decades. Okay, yeah, but we don't want people to think we're rude, right? Now, here's just an example. The Bedouin tribes of Arabia would give gifts to fellow tribes, Why would they do this? Well, they would do it to reduce tensions, to show good manners, and to keep the peace. So we see some of this giving so that other people know we have good manners in 2023, don't we? The first example that comes to my mind is when we go to somebody's house for something and we bring a hostess gift, right? That's a great example of us giving a gift to show that we have good manners. Even in goodie bags, Perhaps those of you listening who do give goodie bags, is there any part of you who gives the goodie bags so that you don't seem, 
you know, cheap or again, uncouth to other parents who are dropping their kids off and picking them up. Something to think about. Fact number three about gift giving. Historically, giving gifts to strangers was used as a way to enforce the social good. What does that mean? That means that giving gifts strengthen social ties between people, right? Giving a gift implies love. It implies good wishes. It implies affection, perhaps, right? And so when we give gifts, it's a great way of strengthening the ties between people. And that brings me to fact number four, which in my view is the most important one, which is this. Above all, giving a gift is about the giver. The giver wants love and concern and, here's the big one, human connection. This is found among all primates, right? We want to be liked. We want to be cared for. We want to connect with others. Let's have this fundamental desire met by giving gifts. Giving gifts is a great way to show how likable we are. So takeaway message here is that giving gifts is often about the giver satisfying a desire or a need to be liked and to be connected to others. Now, I say all this and we go and we talk about primates and we talk about the Bedouins and everything in between because I want to drive home the fact that gift giving has become so entrenched around the world and virtually every society has incorporated some presentation of gifts into its culture, into its rituals, into its customs. But now here's where things get interesting. Historically, primates tended to give gifts that were meaningful, valuable even. Giving away some of your carrot harvest, the first carrot harvest of the year, is a valuable gift in terms of practicality, in terms of the time you spent growing and caring for these carrot plants. Our ancestors were not hopping on the internet and buying small plastic jars of bubbles in bulk and handing them out to the people in their tribe. Of course they weren't for so, so many reasons. But one of the reasons that they weren't doing that is that when you give out junk in mass quantities, the gift loses its weight. It loses its importance. So if you're willy-nilly giving the same thing to everyone, then no one feels special. Let's pretend for a minute. Let's Let's really just double down on this example. Pretend for a minute that you are a hunter-gatherer, you live in a tribe, and someone in your tribe comes over to you and hands you a little plastic container of bubbles. And then the gifter goes around and hands identical plastic bubble containers to everybody else in the tribe. Would you feel special? Would you feel loved? Would you feel connection to the giver? Probably not, right? Because everybody got one. And on top of that, the thing is junk. Let's take this one more step further. What if instead the giver, so same giver but no bubbles, what if instead the giver came over to you and gave you, put in your palm, a handful of seeds? Just you. Nobody else got seeds. Just you. 
this is where things start to change. This is where you're likely feeling some sort of human connection to the giver, right? You feel special. The gift has weight because it's a meaningful gift. This meaningful gift helps solve one of your major daily struggles, which of course is finding sustenance so you can survive. This is a super simplistic example. I am aware of it, (laughs) and I'm exaggerating it on purpose to drive home my point, which is that when it comes to gifts, we are operating with an old school mentality, but we're living solidly in the new world. I would love a book written on this topic, by the way. Anybody? Anybody want to write it for me? I'll interview you. I'm going to say this in a different way. Thanks to our DNA, we have an old operating system. Our old operating system cannot function the way it's meant to function in a world with Amazon.com and with full landfills and with plastic and with wild amounts of money at our disposal in a culture that's shifting its focus away from meaningful gifts and towards disposability as its collective mindset. Oh, okay. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk specifically about what I'm doing with my kids on Saturday for their birthday party, and I have some words of encouragement for those of you who are ready to do things differently. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high-quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game-changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back on today's show. We're talking goodie bags and junk culture and the history of gifting. What on earth are we to do when our DNA 
is telling us to do one thing in regards to gift giving, but the world we live in can't handle the influx of gifts. We are now shifting gears and we are discussing some better ways, I guess I would put it. So I did mention that my daughter's birthday party is coming up in two short days on Saturday. For the first time ever, they are having a birthday party outside of the house. We're having it at a gymnastic center in town. They both are so obsessed with gymnastics these days. They are It's like a double party because both my daughters have birthdays in March, so they're each having you know, their friends from school come. So there's going to be a bunch of kindergartners as well as a bunch of third graders, and it's going to be a rip-roaring good time. Now, I'm doing things a little bit differently, and I'm going to tell you what I'm doing differently in a minute, but I just have some words of encouragement first. And actually, my words of encouragement today may be a little bit harsh. It is, of course, often easier to just throw up our hands and say, you know, going against the grain and doing something different and being a nonconformist, it's just too hard. So I'll just do what everybody else is doing. I'll just give the goodie bags because all the parents are. I'll do the goodie bags. I'll buy the balloons. I'll give the Easter basket filled with plastic, like whatever. I'll just do it because it's easier because everybody else is. I hear that a lot. And I feel it too in my own life. Like it's hard to go against the grain. I know it. I try and do it most days, and it's exhausting to swim upstream, isn't it? But if that sounds like you, most days, here's my harsh words slash words of encouragement. If you do what every other parent in your friend group is doing because that's the easy route, there's a label for that. It's harsh. I'm going to say it, but it's tough love time. People who do what others do because others are doing it are called followers. We sustainable minimalists, we are not followers, are we? We are trailblazers. We don't do what's easy. We do what's right. We show others that there's a better way and we show them through our actions. So if we start doing birthday parties and Easter baskets and everything in between a little bit differently, then all of the rest of the people who Let's be honest, they all hate the plastic junk just as much as we do. We already established that. They can follow us as opposed to the other way around. And so if we want to answer the why, like why is there so much plastic junk on the planet? If we are committed to intentionality in all aspects of our lives, we need to first accept that a major reason why we are continuing to give goodie bags is because everybody else is doing it. And if we accept that reasoning, then we need to move our thoughts to the next logical conclusion, which is, of course, that doing something else because everybody else is doing it is not a good enough reason. Okay, so what am I doing? I have mentioned on the show before that I love to do a book swap. I'm not doing a book swap this year, but for people who don't know what I'm talking about, really quick, for the past about five years... Each of my daughters had separate birthday parties at our house. So let's just take my kindergartner, for example. She would have, let's say, six friends over. And instead of having the party recipients bring a gift, I instead ask them on the invitation to bring a used, wrapped children's book. 
So everybody brings a wrapped children's book. And then as they are leaving the party, as we say thank you for coming, they choose a different book. So they don't choose the one they brought, but I put them all in a nice big basket and they take a different one home. So they bring a book, they leave with a book. That's what I've done in the past for both my daughters for a good five years. And it has worked so, so well. No plastic to see here. We're encouraging literacy. Like, I love everything about this idea. However, my nine-year-old, my third grader, she wanted to do something different this year. She said, how about some goodie bags? And I thought to myself, oh no, no goodie bags. (laughs) So we talked it out. I gave her my thoughts on why I was reluctant to do goodie bags. We talked about plastic, which by the way, she is learning about in science, in a unit in science right now. She understands that plastic's a problem. They are teaching that in schools as young as nine because it is that big of a problem. I asked her, you know, what is it about goodie bags that she wanted to, like, why did she want to do these goodie bags? What what was the drive for her? And her response was that she enjoys going home with something when she leaves a birthday party. And so we we brainstormed together. We said, you know, we can't do the books this year because your party is now combined and I don't want a third grader accidentally going home with a kindergarten book. I just thought that would be like way too hard for me to, because all the books are wrapped. I just felt like it was a recipe for disaster. So we decided we were going to do something different, but we weren't going to go the plastic junk goodie bag route. I thought maybe we could do like a really nice lollipop. We have a small and local candy store in town. And so I thought, you know, not just, you know, some little dum-dum, but a really nice, substantial lollipop. I thought that could be a good parting favor. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, do I really want to give candy, food allergies, etc.? So I put that one to the side I didn't want to give a pencil. I mean, it's plastic free. But if your host is like mine, we have more pencils than we will ever be able to use in our lifetimes. Because everybody's giving pencils <laughs> these days, right? You think it's a useful gift, and it is until you have 10,000 pencils. So I didn't want to do something like that. I really wanted to think outside the box. And so I came up with gift certificates to our local ice cream parlor, which by the way is open. It is a small local business. So I went there. I got 16 $5 gift certificates, 80 bucks, which is honestly what I would have spent on goodie bags anyway to fill them with plastic. Got 16 $5 gift certificates to our local ice cream shop. And I'm really, really excited about this. I think it's just a marriage of everything I want to do. So I'm going to put them in a basket and everybody can take one on the way out. Now, if you borrow my idea, and I hope you do, I hope you borrow it. Perhaps it can be to a small business, a local business. Perhaps it's not like a McDonald's, just a thought, but consider it. Consider keeping your money in your community Jeff Bezos doesn't need your $80. That factory in China does not need your $80. So if you are gung-ho on giving a goodie bag or some sort of party gift at the party, that's an option. I also, by the way, have so many other options in previous episodes. Again, I'll link to them in the show notes. But how about a donation to 
you know, a charity that your kids care about. My daughter, my nine-year-old is so obsessed with animals these days. Perhaps instead donate to our local dog shelter. We didn't end up going that route, but there's a lot of ideas out there and all of them are better. (laughs) Every single one of them is better than the plastic bag filled with plastic junk. Now, before we go, I just want to talk about gifts for a quick second. I am a major believer in no gift birthday parties for my daughters. Obviously, we, my husband and I, as parents, we give them some gifts. The grandparents give them some gifts. Some gifts from extended family come in. And when you put all of those gifts together, it's plenty of gifts. Now, I do have some other reasons for gently and nicely asking for other kids to not bring gifts. Number one, the parents are buying the gift for the birthday child, right? And the parents likely do not know your child all that well. That means that the probability that they buy something that your child does not want is quite high. That's one reason. Another one is the clutter problem. If we are all sick of the toys and the kid paraphernalia, why would we just step aside and let mountains of it come on in every time our child has a birthday? Nonsensical, in my opinion. Reason number three, let's remember why we have birthday parties for our children in the first place. We throw them a party so that our child can create lasting memories with their most favorite friends and classmates. If we're throwing a party for a different reason, if we're throwing a party so our kid can get a lot of stuff, we need to talk that out, don't we? Birthdays are celebrations of traveling around the sun yet another time. And yes, marketing has convinced us that birthdays are yet another reason to buy gifts. They do not have to be. We can jump off the birthday madness bandwagon because if we're throwing the party, We are in charge. One more thing here too with regard to the goodie bags. If you see the goodie bag as sort of a reciprocal gift-giving opportunity, if you give goodie bags because a child gave your child a present and you want to give them something back in return, I hear that. However, a great way... (laughs) to no longer feel guilty about not giving a goodie bag is to not ask for presents. If a child doesn't give your child a present, you then don't have to give them a goodie bag. There's no reciprocal exchange, right? There's no gift tit for goodie bag tat, (laughs) if you will. And I can't believe I said that on the air. I'm going to leave that in. I could edit it out, but I'm keeping it. So I have a final word for you today. Every time we say yes to junk culture, to plastic junk culture, that's a no to something else. Every time we say yes to some plastic trinket that is destined for our oceans or our landfills, we're saying no to a cleaner and brighter future for our children. It is not just one little goodie bag or one little prize from the prize box. It is so much more than just one little goodie bag. Who cares? It's just one goodie bag. Or who cares? It's just one little prize. Because remember, every time we do what everybody else is doing, because it's easier, we are robbing ourselves of the opportunity to be trailblazers and to show others a better and different way. 
So that's my show today. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 355. I have a couple of favors to ask. Number one, if you have a great way of doing birthday parties and especially goodie bags, etc., I want to hear about it. I want to hear about the most mundane to the most innovative and everything in between. You can email me. You can write in our Facebook group. You can comment on this post at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 355. You can do whatever you want to reach out to me, but I want to make an epic, epic list of all the ways that we can do better, all the ways that we are being trailblazers. So that's number one. And number two, action step number two I have for you today is I always ask you to leave the show Apple Podcast Reviews. I'm not going to do that this month. I do it like once a month. This month, I'm going to ask for something different, if you wouldn't mind. And that is to tell one person in your real life about this show. Just one person. Tell one person about this show. Tell them what you like about it. I mean, let's be honest. If you're listening past the 30-minute mark, I think you like me. (laughs) So tell them what you like about it and suggest they check it out. And thank you so much for doing that for the show to help it grow. I really appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow for headlines. We're talking Japan strawberries. We're talking PFAS chemicals. We're talking about the UN's new climate report. And we're doing it in under 15 minutes. Oh, my word. I'll see you then. And take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.